tribute. Long time ago, me and my brother Kyle here, we was hitchhiking down a long and lonesome road. All of a sudden, there shined a shiny demon in the middle of the road. And he said, you're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Joseph. Oh, welcome back to CNN Nation. Oh, no. It's episode 12 of the last episode of Front oh, and Center. No. no. You know what that means, Jules are. Final time in these studios, final time coming to your airwaves. Oh, what together, a- the Sean and Jules duo is just, oh, it's not going to be a thing anymore. It's well, so it, sad. It'll be a thing. It just won't be a thing on the radio. True. We'll still be friends. Don't Sean worry. Sean and Jules are forever. <laughs> Bay. Number oh, one bay. What a season it has been. Oh, it's been an incredible season, Sean. We've just met so many awesome individuals and be inspired and being made to think, wow, what am I doing with my life? Like, so much. Um, it's just been an amazing show. You know what? We are geniuses for coming up with this idea. I just got to say, good on you, Sean. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it's all worked out. We've had... I can't, I've lost count of how many guests. Over 11. 11 weeks, but you know, that's... I think it was about 14, 15? Up towards 15 inspiring young people. We Mm. hope you've been inspired. That was our aim this whole time, to put young people's achievements front and centre, and I think we've done a pretty good job. Nice array of guests, but today, today... Oh, we've got a very exciting show for you today. Today is something completely different. Uh, No guests in today. Plot twist! Massive plot twist. A couple of empty chairs in the studio. It's just me and Jules all hour. Please stick with us. We're it's the short and Jules hour. <laughs> Not only are we just going to be, you know, just talking a whole lot of smack, mm. but we're also going to be going through some of our favourite highlights, favourite moments, funniest clips of what has been an amazing three-month season. It's going to be our extreme, an extremely fun show, guys. The, yeah, the big plot twist is that we're interviewing the people who've been branded the new Hamish and Andy. <laughs> That's right. It's Sean and Jules are on your radios. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Like Sean said, we're going to have the, the, not only the, the funniest times here on Front and Centre for your ear holes to be reminded once more, but also some of the most inspiring and most enjoyable times. We've got a few surprises in there as well. We'll, we'll keep it posted. They're going to be closer towards the end. But yeah, it's it's almost, it's the last show. I mean, it's almost, it's almost time to say goodbye, Sean. It's almost time to say goodbye. Who remembers in the box? What a show, right? Oh, goodbye, 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 goodbye. Oh man. Well, that's what that we're going to do today. the definition of a goodbye song. Hang around today because we're going to be putting plenty of smiles on all your dials. Uh, really looking forward to it. We're going to ha- be recapping what has been. An amazing season. Absolutely. In the meantime, Sean, it's been a pretty interesting week. Fucking freaking Richmond won a grand final. How amazing is that? <laughs> it was that was unheard of. I mean, almost slipped up then. <laughs> wouldn't be a final episode without a bit of Jules finally oh, swearing man. on live radio. But yeah, no. <laughs> Tigers got up. Thirty-seven year drought. Get around the Tigers. I was feeling a bit mm. of Richmond fever. Went out Saturday night and uh, really was getting around the Tigers, even though. I'm a diehard blue supporter. But yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go around the Tigs. Yeah, I, I'm usually a Hawthorne supporter, but damn, I'll be damned if you can't get around the Tigers finally winning a game. After 37 years, I was, I was very happy winning a game, winning a grand final. I was very happy for it. It was great. I didn't even watch footy that much, and I was pretty pretty pumped for them. I mean, and we got another public holiday out of it. Yeah, exactly. I got paid a ton of money to work, so casual hours was great. Good on you, Jules. Good Absolutely. Sean... Uh, Sean constantly annoys me. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know, Jules. Because he wakes up every day and he comes to uni and then he's like, Jules, I just can't focus. I'm so tired. And I'm like, Sean, how much sleep did you get last night? And he's like, oh, maybe like eight and a half hours sleep. That's and I'm like, get sleep. out of my home. Get out of my life. I need at least 10 hours to be able to function <laughs> Sean, properly. Sean, that's not normal. You got eight and a half hours sleep. You can function perfectly fine. Well, so you know what I find? I, surprisingly, when the weather is nicer and it starts to warm up, I find it a lot harder to study and just be productive. I'm better in the winter months, in oh, the really? colder months. I'm more productive when it's summer because I'm just feeling a bit more pumped up from the sun. I'm just looking out in the... I can't study. I'm just looking in the mm. nice weather, I just want to be out there playing frisbee. We yeah. play a bit of frisbee at Uni Oh, Jules. yes. I, I always carry a little bit of a fold-up frisbee in my bag, and Sean and I have had some absolutely great memories of the past three three years playing with the frisbee on the beautiful, luscious south lawn of Melbourne University. Oh, we love it. 
Um, it's all coming to an end, though, Jules. It's, it's all, all coming, coming to, to an end. end. But you know what? You've got to do these things to de-stress. And a quick note, Sean and I were talking the other day, and we realized this is the biggest challenge facing youth today. We're a generation of stress heads. I know I am. Anxiety's on the rise. Depression's on the rise. Sean, what's up? What's up with that? What's up is that we are just copping it from every angle. I mean, we are going through uni degrees, not knowing if we're going to get jobs. Mm. We are looking at houses going for two mil, mm. not even in the city. That's why Sean's getting off to Horsham. That's, that's <laughs> why I'm going to the country. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot. We've got a lot to deal with, uh, and so just you know, everyone just stay positive. Look after yourselves. Absolutely, guys. Now the time of year. Period. You got to exactly. Winter's over. Time to get happier with the spring sun. Now, guys. Like Sean and I just said, we're nearly at the finish line of our uni degrees. We're near the finish line of the year. We're at the finish line of front and centre. So what better song to play than Finish Line by Chance the Rapper featuring T-Pain and Aaron Allen Kane. You're with Sean and Julza on Sin Nation, front and centre. We'll be back with you in one moment. That was Finish Line by Chance the Rapper. What a relevant song. We're at the finish line of many things. More specifically, front and centre. It's the last episode. It's so sad. Sean, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm holding back the tears, Jules. I'm feeling okay at the moment. But Absolutely. no promises uh, as we come closer to the end of the hour. True that. But guys, if you you, you, you are faithful listeners, if you guys want to get involved, chuck us a message on Facebook. Let us know what you're up to. Get a shout-out in the last show. It's never too late to listen to some Sean and Jules. Are. And if you want to catch up on our last shows, check out our podcast. We are on Facebook. That's Front Centre Sin. Or Twitter, Front Centre S-Y-N. Yeah, let us know what you are up to. It'd be great to get in touch. Now, look, all season, Julian, I haven't told Julian about this, but... Uh, this is one I've, of the surprises. I've, all season, Julian has come up with some pretty inspirational quotes to uh, get us up and about. <laughs> uh, and this week, he, ha- he hadn't got one so far. We'll see what happens towards the end of the show. But we haven't got anything. So what I thought I'd do is, Jules, uh, I go back through a few of my favourite clips over the last 12 weeks, my favourite quotes, uh, and just have a listen. This is so sweet. Oh, Nelson Mandela once said that our winner is a dreamer who never gives up, and that's what this show is all about. We are interviewing incredible young people. We are inspiring incredible young people, and we're informing you incredible people with some crazy, crazy news. Neil Mitchell today on his 3AW show said, you got to admire a man with commitment. It's amazing. He wasn't talking about our show, but I feel like it's relevant. <laughs> Courtney Love Sean once said, I could turn on the radio right now and be inspired. And you know what? I reckon she was talking about our show, Front and Centre, where we talk about, we talk to incredible young people doing incredible young things and bring incredible interesting news to your incredible ears. But Martin Luther King Jr. once said that you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And I think that's the philosophy <laughs> of this show. I love it. Oh, thank- what do you reckon, Jules? Oh, Sean, thanks so much. That was so cute. I thought you were going to be absolutely ripping me ripping me apart with these these secret clips. So maybe the next one's coming up soon. <laughs> they are coming. But I just thought, you know, Jules loves his quotes, and I thought we should go over a couple of my favourite ones. And now we're going to go over what has been your favourite segment or one-off. One oh, Sean, thanks so much. I love you so much, man. <laughs> Um, don't make me get sentimental. <laughs> no, guys, as you as you know, we always love to start our show up with some crazy, amazing news. However, this is the final show. This is the highlights reel. So, guys, we've given you some amazing news stories, to say the least, over the past 12 weeks. So, Sean and I collated in about 30 seconds. <laughs> it's week 10. Give us a break. <laughs> of uni, that is. Um, uh, we collated our top five stories that we have spoken about um, throughout our time here on Front and Centre. Uh, Our top five news clips. I mean, it's been very hard to get these down to uh, just five. I mean, we've at least spoken about two to three every week. Do the maths. Mm. Over 30 fantastic, unheard of, unappreciated news stories that we've brought to your ears. We've got your top five here for those people who maybe... We were a bit slack one week and didn't listen in. Well, or here we they go. just want to hear some more awesome news again because this stuff's crazy. So I hope you're ready for Sean and Jules' top five amazing news stories. <laughs> number, number five. five. <laughs> Coming in at number five, we have uh, a Vatican 
Gluten-free bread! <laughs> so we uh, heard about this a couple of months ago, uh, and basically the Vatican City, they were like, you know what, we're sick of people undermining... We hate celiacs! <laughs> sick of people undermining the Holy Communion. We're not going to deal with these gluten-free uh, Jesuses anymore. So yeah. the, the breads, the yeah. breads that they hand out. Because the reason why they were doing this, everyone, because they just didn't want people who are unqualified, that is people who aren't priests, uh, making the bread, because apparently it's easy to do for gluten-free, but there's a specific process that only... Only the trained priests know how to do the priest bakers in the priest bakery behind every church. <laughs> we thought this was a little bit harsh on those uh, spiritual celiacs who literally have no choice. They can't mm. take communion or they will die. The Catholic Church was not having it. They did not want people to be buying 500 Jesuses per $10 box in the supermarket, <laughs> as Sean put it. Put yeah, it. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, not bad price for 500 Jesuses. Luckily... <laughs> Now, none of us are gluten-free, Jules. You can still go to church and have your I can still communion. go to church and have a good old time with, with all the wine. No worries. <laughs> Coming in at number four, it's the Fatberg. The Fatberg. The Fatberg. <laughs> One of the biggest Fatbergs ever seen in Britain. Sean, what is a Fatberg? Yeah, let's, let's take it back a step. A Fatberg is basically a congregation of a whole bunch of waste. <laughs> congregation. But look, we're talking like oils, fats, grease, Anything you uh, wash or wipe down your sink, mm. uh, and basically it happened in London that everything just came together and it caused a massive picture an iceberg, but with fat, fatberg in the sewerage system. And this thing was 130 tons, Jules. This was a oh fantastic story. 250 I'm- meters long. It's the size of 10 double decker buses. But the weirdest thing about this story is that Alex Werner, the lead curator of the Museum of London, wanted to take this thing. And put it in a museum. <laughs> he said, look, this is art. And we want to show people... He didn't say this is art. It was, it was a historical yeah. exhibit. <laughs> wanted, wanted to show people in the future how wasteful the world was that we could get a 10 double-decker bus fatberg. Mm. <laughs> that was my favourite part. We played this clip with this English guy saying fatberg. <laughs> That was great. But yes, that was number... Five and four, four. are done. Coming Getting... in at number three... In the bronze medal position... It is... Octlantis! Octlantis, if you didn't catch that. So basically, we found out through our expert researching on Google <laughs> that in expert Java's... Expert research, researcher Julian Vagona. <laughs> this is a recent story, actually, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, I think. Mm. Uh, in Java's Bay on the eastern Aussie coast, scientists discovered a city of octopuses. Octopi? Octopuses. 10 Octa- to 15... Colossal. 10 to 15 octopuses were occupying this area. That... And this is especially unique because octopuses don't usually congregate in such social manners. Yeah, they're a bit like me. They're solitary creatures and they are... Self-zing is the best zing. (laughs) And yeah, so 15 octopuses, high density, living all together, very... Strange for the scientists. They, they could not believe what they were seeing. It was, but the reason why we love this story so much is that people are getting paid lots of money <laughs> to come up with puns for cities occupied by octopus. So this, these guys came up with Octlantis, and in 2009, the, they also they found another mini city of octopuses in Jarvis Bay. So there's something going on with Jarvis Bay and their octopus cities. They just they love it. And at that time, Jules, they decided to call the city of octopuses Octopolis. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I wish I could get paid that much money and be that qualified to come up with puns. Where do you go next? What's the, what's Where the do we next, go next octopus oh. city going to be called? What's the next octopus city going to be called? We didn't, we didn't end up thinking of this, did we? Oct- oh. So we've done Octolantis and Octopolis. Uh, S- San Octopusco? I don't know. <laughs> what? Man, you're the, you're the one who asked me this question. We didn't, we didn't prepare for this. New, o- New Octopus City? I don't no, know. you tried New York City last time and it didn't work. I don't know. Anyway, we, oh, we, we, we so look painful. forward to hearing what these ingenious people call their next octopus city. Yes, absolutely. Maybe maybe there'll be a Venice of Octopus. That's exciting. But coming up next, in the silver medal, number two, it's Putin fishing <laughs> topless! <laughs> uh, this, was, this was a bit of a throwback back to the, one of the first uh, shows. This is episode Jules. two. Tell, tell me about this one. Oh, Sean, this one was amazing. I was going to say it's my favourite, but it's actually my second favourite. Um, hence the, the order. But... Putin, in his classic propaganda kind of kind of manner of doing things, he went on a massive three-day fishing and hunting trip in the Siberian wilderness. He was hunting, he was spearfishing pike, and 
the the Russian government, the Kremlin, released a 46-minute long <laughs> footage of him with a GoPro on his head, being a manly man and showing the world what he's got and telling him not to mess with Vladimir Putin. Is there anything you'd rather watch than 46-minute documentary of Vladimir getting in touch with nature? I mean, it's just patriotic. I feel Russian after seeing these clips. I feel Russian and I'm proud of it. Don't say that too loudly, Sean. <laughs> Traitor! <laughs> I mean, but the, yeah, we, we, we spoke about this. Putin is mm. just an absolute monster. The He's bloke, a madman. I mean, from scuba diving to, you know, scoring six goals in a hockey game. Oh, he was, flip, he was hugging sedated polar bears. Uh, this bloke has done everything. Anyone's ever want to know about it. I mean, mm. what a leader. Don't you forget about it, guys. It's not good propaganda if you don't forget about it. And guys, we... We'll keep on reminding you about it. So it's been, it was some good propaganda. He was kicking back, having a good time after he cut out some diplomats from, from Russia at that <laughs> point in time. Uh, we forgot to look up what happened there. But, I mean, that's not the interesting bit. The interesting bit is Putin topless because he's a pretty sexy 50-year-old, 60, 80, 70-year-old man. Uh, yes, he is. I'll, <laughs> I'll back you up on that one, Jules. Uh, <laughs> All right, Sean. Here we go. Here we go. Number one. Own your own private island! Oh, what a story! We really didn't think through that drum roll because I just realised we could have knocked a PowerPoint out or something and then the show would have been done. But who cares? Number one, oh, we found out... Oh, we like out. to live dangerously. We... Look, you know, I'm, I've heard before that, mm. you know, these rich people... You know, Richard Branson's got his own private island. You know, yep. you don't really think twice about it. You know, you don't doubt it. Of course, this bloke's got a private island. He owns absolutely everything he could he's a, he's a billionaire. want to own. But we uh, found out that you can, you know, realistically, people can buy and own an island. This started off with us researching this little island that was on the market off the south coast of Scotland. Just... Three hundred twenty-five thousand pounds, which is roughly six hundred thousand Australian dollars. That's doable for an entire island. That's cheaper than a house in Warburton, in the outskirts of Melbourne, like an hour away from the CBD, hour and a half. Yeah, and so you can get this full six-bedroom house, a wind turbine, solar power. The only the only catch was that it might have been haunted by <laughs> someone who got killed there. Like, who cares, right? It's a six hundred thousand dollar island in Scotland. I love how the notes here say it's probably haunted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, we're all someone skeptics. got killed there. Must have a ghost. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, look, we, we did a bit of research here. And, and this is why we love this story. And the amount of islands for sale all over the world, Australia to Greece, buddy, Thailand. Uh, I think Thailand, we found the most expensive island, mm. 110 acres for 160 US million. Absolutely. I mean, outrageous. Absolutely crazy. But the, the a really cheap one in comparison, of course, off the coast of Greece, where else, for 1,135 1, acres, you, for only $44.6 million. That's affordable. That sounds okay. Yeah. I can I'd do buy that. It. Let's <laughs> go half these jewels. Yeah, Sean, after your job in Horsham and my pursuing of a radio career, we'll totally be able to afford it by the end of the year, right? Oh, oh, those are our top five stories. There are also plenty of other fantastic stories that we enjoyed over mm. the last few months that we've been broadcasting. I mean, we've ha found out about a guy swimming to work in Germany on oh, the river. There's there was been too some, much traffic. Yeah, there'd been some amazing Guinness World Records broken, like yeah, a guy getting a chip implanted in his head to be able to see properly. 10,000 egg omelette. Oh, the omelette brotherhood and the massive guacamole as well. Guacamole. Who can I forget mean, the guac? So many fantastic stories. It's uh, been an amazing few weeks with the, with that segment. Uh, that's probably the most fun I've ever had. I'm going to try to bring that over into any future radio shows I do because <laughs> quirky news is good news. Well, Jules, that wraps up your baby. I mean, oh, it's done. I hope you've enjoyed 12 weeks of uh, unheard of news segments. I definitely did, but we still got my other baby later in the show. We've got plenty, oh. Oh. plenty to come along. Look, Jules, Coming. at the end of this show, I'm moving... You're probably going to stay here, mm. but... Uh, we're both going our own way. We're going our own way. So we're going to play this next tune. It's an absolute classic, bit of a throwback. Fleetwood, Max, go your own way. We hope you're enjoying Front and Centre's very last episode here on Sid Nation. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Front and Centre with Sean and Julza. You're on Sin Nation. You're on our last show. That was Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. What a great song. What an appropriate song, eh, Sean? Yeah, I love that song, and we thought it was quite appropriate before we, you know, go on e go e each other's way. Absolutely. Quick shout out to my mum, uh, <laughs> who commented on our Facebook post, said, "What are we going to do Thursday nights now?" Good point, oh. mum. Maybe you'll see your son home for dinner. <laughs> 
Maybe. <laughs> oh, we hope all our faithful listeners are not too lost on their Thursday nights. Mm. I'm sure they've still got plenty of other things to do. Look, normally we would now be interviewing somebody, but we're not going to do that. Nope. We're not going to do that today. Nope. Uh, so we're just going to pack up and go home. Thanks for listening, everybody. See no, you stay. <laughs> stay, please. <laughs> no. So, all seriousness, over the last 11 weeks, we have interviewed uh, and you know, lightly interviewed, deeply interviewed. We've had some fantastic conversations mm. with a whole bunch of young people. Uh, who was the youngest? Fourteen? Uh, no, it was fifteen. Black year- Summer. Fourteen. Oh, sorry, it was Black Summer. Fourteen year old. I was going to say 14. Isabella Moore, who was fifteen. Fourteen but, up yeah. to twenty-five. We've covered the whole decade. And if, in case you uh, were wondering who exactly we had been talking to, I've put this little clip together to re-jog your memories. Hey, Julesa, are you ready to inspire a whole nation of young people? Let's do it. You're listening to Front and Centre on Sid Nation with Sean and Julesa. We are so privileged to have in the studio with us right now a Melbourne artist by the name of Katia Palachotto. We are here with Miss Eileen and King Leah. How are you going, guys? Thanks for joining us. Our very special guest, Nick Pierce from Homie. Welcome, Nick. Hey, boys. How are you? Thanks for having us. She does work for Triple Day on Earth. She booked and curated an underage music festival called X-Ray Specs up in Sydney. She's interviewed musicians such as Alice Ivy, Amy Shark, and Cub Sport. And guys, she's only 15. Isabella Moore, welcome to the show. How are you going? We're talking to the guys behind Crepes for Change, another awesome social enterprise. We're just about ready to talk to our incredible young person. He is an Islamic leader. He is the founder of Coffee and Islam. He's the face behind I'm a Muslim, Ask Me Anything. Welcome to our show, Imam. Today, we will be talking to VFLW football player from the Box Hill Hawks, Monique Trosler. Bistro Morgan. Well, his name's Morgan Hipworth. He started Bistro Morgan. Uh, You might have seen them, these crazy donuts. They've got syringes in them. They're doing all sorts of things. This guy... They are a a diabetics nightmare. We are joined on the phone by Black Summer, a young producer out of Canberra. We'll be having a chat to Emily Waramara first, Indigenous artist, 21 years old. McKinley Butson, who is a 16-year-old inventor. We're talking to the general manager of Sin, Tess Lawley. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Julesa on Sin Nation. And now you're with Sean and Julesa. That's who we're interviewing today, more or less. <laughs> I mean, what an array of people we spoke to. You I don't realise the, the vast spectrum of people we've spoken to until it's presented to you in one big two-minute sequence like that, eh, Sean? I mean, really getting a bit nostalgic, Jules. I mean, <laughs> Keep it all, together, the, Sean. all the amazing people that we spoke to. Absolutely. It was like, like we said, it's been an amazing season, and that's what this next segment's going to be all about. We're going to be going through some of our favourite... Uh, moments, really, I guess. Some of our favourite interview moments. Not to say that every moment hasn't been our favourite, because it really has. It's been, like we said, it's been, they've been, you can't even count the amount of favourite moments we have, but we just had to cut it down to what we thought were the most special and most fascinating and most inspiring moments of our show. And that's what we're about to present to you guys. Uh, before that, just got a shout out here to our old mate Stephen. He says, when are Hamish and Andy coming on? Huh. Uh, if you read the promotion material correctly, you would have seen that it is the next Hamish and Andy yeah. who are on and you're currently hearing them. So, Steve. Oh, Sean Wales is going to be the next Cleo Bachelor of the Year, please, Andy. <laughs> please come back with a more relevant point. But anyway, back <laughs> on topic. You know, we're, yeah, so early on in the season, oh, actually, it was halfway. Mm. It was week six. Yeah. We had a conversation with Imam Kamran Tahir. Mm. Now, this guy is Australia's youngest Imam. He's actually from Britain, but uh, been brought out here to Perth, where he is basically an Islamic preacher. Uh, and he started a couple of initiatives. Sort of the same as a priest is for Catholicism. Yeah. Started a couple of initiatives, one called Coffee and Islam, and I'm a Muslim, ask me anything. Mm. Basically trying to get rid of these Maybe you know misconceptions that we have about people of the Islamic faith. Jules. Yeah. So in this quick in this clip here, we're about to show you guys, he's just explaining the reasons why he started these initiatives. Sean, take it away. And uh, naturally, you know, unfortunately, we see in the media nowadays the way that Islam is being portrayed. Being a scholar of the faith, being a person who practices the faith day in day out, I feel it's uh, a very misleading image that's being painted of Islam. Hence, I thought, what's the best way of removing that misconception? And I felt that one-to-one conversations over coffee that we all love, well, I know I do, 
and uh, just removing those uh, misconceptions and breaking those barriers and building those bridges. How do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you think a one-on-one conversation makes a difference? Generally, because what it is is that, you know, if you've never heard of anything, so for instance, let's take Islam for, for, the, for the example. Day in, day out, you're being told that, God forbid, it's a violent religion, so on and so forth. And if you've never spoken to a person who practices it, you're going to build an image of it. You're going to build a perception of that faith. But when you sit down with a Muslim, and you have a conversation, and I'm going, to, I'm going to be honest with you, in all of the coffee in Islam that I do have, the sittings, majority of the time that we spend speaking is not about Islam at all. It's about general topics. Islam is only lasts about 10, 15 minutes maximum. But after that, you come to realize that, hold on, this person is just like me. If, you know, we can make, become good friends. And that's how that perception changes, that when they do go away and then they speak to their family and friends, or whomever they come to speak about and the conversation or the topic of Islam does arise, they can say, well, hold on, you know, I've spoken to a Muslim, not even a Muslim, an imam, uh, a leader of the congregation or a community of Muslims, and it's, it's, it's very, very different to what we hear. I think it's just that one person that makes a difference, and it's, it's like a ripple effect, that, you know, he'll go away and have a conversation with somebody, and he'll also act like uh, like a person who's breaking those misconceptions, because... He himself has spoken to a Muslim who doesn't practice or even preach whatever we're being told that Islam is about. I just found that episode so fascinating because it was literally being able to have that conversation with him that he was just uh, explaining to us without actually having to travel to Perth, (laughs) which was great. It was just a great person to talk to. So calming, Mm. uh, you know, adding to the... You know, political, religious uh, scene, and just yeah, a very absolutely measured voice. And, he yeah. taught us so much about you know the Sharia law and the role of Muslims in the community, and just the fact that we get all these negative ideals about uh, Muslims and Islamic religion from when we're young about cartoons. But in reality, a lot of the Muslim faith is about um, you know loving all and hating none and following the laws of the land rather than you know trying to take over like we're led to believe by the mainstream media. And it was just fantastic to yeah just get different perspectives. You know we wanted to throughout our season here on Sin to hear from a whole bunch of different people and I think we did that. I don't think that it could be better exemplified jumping from a 25-year-old imam to a 16-year-old donut kid. Tell me about Morgan Hipworth, Jules. Oh, this kid just amazed us. I mean, he was the first one we wanted to get on the show when we first came up with this idea. We finally got him in week eight, so late to the game. But he was amazing. I mean, he manages to balance school and study hard while running his own business. He does the books. He's a chef. He's a social media manager. It's just mind-blowing, and his journey's incredible. He has such great words of wisdom. I mean, check this stuff out. Morgan, we're wondering, what are some of the biggest challenges involved when you uh, create a business at such a young age? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you have quite a few. Obviously, like we were saying before, time management's a pretty hard thing. Um, obviously, as I'm still at school, you know, managing that sort of balance is hard, but um, you got a few others. Lots of um, doubt, I think, is a, you know, a big one. Lots of people, whether it's your customers or, um, you know, suppliers and things like that, just, first of all, doubting whether it's you doing the work or um, doubting if you've got the ability to do it, I think. So they not take you seriously because yeah, you're so young? Yeah, I think young. it's one of those things, and I think I am, I'm a big believer in uh, age shouldn't matter, whether you're whatever age, you can do whatever you want kind of thing. Um, I don't think because you're older that you should be wiser as such. Um, I think whatever age, and you know, if you have a good go at it, then there should be no reason why you shouldn't know how to do something. And especially when you look at, you know, I've been cooking since I was seven, so nearly 10 years now kind of thing. I've had a sort of a bit of background in it. So I think, yeah, that's been uh, not a, you know, a challenge, but as as much as it's not something that I've been unable to overcome. So I think it's been an obstacle, I think is the right word. Um, you've got lots of things like social media trolls and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, you always get over these things. And I think uh, when you're really passionate about the brand and passionate about the product, um, the consumers can really, really tell. And that's what shines through. Damn, what a well-spoken young man. He's just making his way through the world. And I think everything that he just said really captures the whole spirit of the show. Just passion leading to your goals. I mean, this guy started Bistro Morgan when he was like 14 and just is destined for 
the most amazing things. It's school holidays at the moment, and uh, I've got him on Instagram, and he was up at 3.30 in the morning uh, and going to work, and he's just so happy about it. He's and he just does it with a big smile on his face. Living his dream, and he's not even in year 12 yet. I mean, what more could you ask for? Oh, that's ridiculous. Another extremely young person, uh, 16. Extremely young person. Oh, right, I'll give you extremely young person. Yeah. Very young. Um, so you meant to say, like, extremely awesome young person or something. I was like, <laughs> extremely young person. <laughs> uh, I think if you're under the age of 18 and uh, you got on this show, I mean... You've been extremely young and done something extremely awesome. On this exclusive show. <laughs> uh, you've just thrown me jewels. McKinley Butson uh, was another 16-year-old that we spoke to. Uh, and this young lady, she spoke at TEDx uh, Youth uh, in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And she is a scientist and an inventor. And she's come up with this invention. Uh, it's to do with uh, ladies that get breast cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what was it called? Scale armor? Uh, it was called smart armor. Smart armor. So yeah. it's uh, a material that rests over the uh, breast that isn't getting treatment to protect the um, p- uh, patient from radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a bit about what she had to say. Now, one of these inventions that you've come up with to hopefully help people, and it has to do with treating breast cancer. Can you tell us a bit about this invention and how you went about inventing it, I suppose? Yeah, look, so um, this was called the SMART Armour, which stands for Scale Mail Armour for Radiation Therapy. And So first, I'll just describe the problem a bit. So the problem is when women go for breast cancer treatment in radiation therapy, the contralateral breast, which is basically just a fancy word for the breast that's not being treated, receives high amounts of unwanted radiation as a byproduct of the treatment. And it's estimated that one in 14 women who undergo this treatment will develop another primary cancer as a side effect. So what my uh, device is, it's made out of scale mail, which is a type of medieval armour. And it's basically just a copper shield which uh, can be laid down on uh, the breast that's not being treated. And it's able to reduce doses to the contralateral breast by up to 80%. Uh, it's very exciting at the moment. Um, it's actually uh, starting clinical trials at the Chris O'Brien Lifehouse in Sydney, uh, which is very exciting. That's incredible. I mean, I loved our conversation with McKinley. She's such a, uh, again, another well-spoken young person. She's so switched on, and the fact that she's 16 and she's already invented something that's going through clinical trials and is almost certainly going to be used in, around the world, it's it's amazing. She's She's got such a bright future ahead of her with all her ideas. Check out all her ideas in our Week Ten TEDx Youth Special podcast, guys. It's not—it's a great episode. You'd be—you'd be a fool to not listen. You'd be nothing but a fool. Also, in that episode, we had a chat to uh, Emily Waramara. So, mm. two for the price of one. Absolutely. Even though it's all free mm. on, <laughs> online. I mean, really, like like we said, it was so hard to choose who to who to include in this little segment because everyone was amazing, and so was Emily. It was a great chat. Another amazing person was Nick. Pierce, who's mm. going to feature later on in our show as well. Stay <laughs> yes. tuned. Nick Pierce, part of a group of lads who started Homie, a social enterprise tackling uh, youth homelessness, or and just all homelessness in mm. general around Melbourne. They're a clothing brand and just doing some fantastic things. This is what Nick had to say about their PATH program. What are the jobs and the pathways that you provide for the homeless people that sort of approach you with the, in these projects? Yeah, so right now the the, the main um, project that we've been working on is the Pathway uh, Project, and that's working with three young people who are experiencing secondary homelessness um, and have enjoyed their fair share of hardship that are part of a FOIA program, and we collaborate with that service. Um, and those young people are also supported by an organisation called Ladder, set up by the AFL Players Association. Um, and actually, I think it's 25 bucks from every player's match payment in the AFL goes towards supporting Ladder. But we provide a really comprehensive approach to this, these young people's um, well-being and, and opportunity. So they actually um, gain six months of employment with us. Um, we have an RTO delivering a Cert 3 in retail operations to them as well. Um, and they're remunerated as, uh, as according to the, you know, the Fairwick Ombudsman. It's, it's pretty good rates these days. Casual uh, yeah. uh, work rates are, are pretty bloody good. So... Um, that's not a swear word. I hope that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Um, I'm a casual as well, so I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. And then after that, we actually have a partnership with uh, Cotton On, who um, then oh. in turn employ our trainees upon successful completion. So I guess that's one um, employment opportunity that we provide, and that's all we can do at this point in time. We work with three young people per six months. But our idea is to try and support as many young people as possible um, into finding what they're calling, what their passion is. They might want to be a radio host. Who knows? Um, it's trying to simulate those sort of relationships. But at the moment, we're purely with that retail space, given that we have the shop 
shop and we have the, the tools and we have the, um, the resources. But the idea is to expand it out um, beyond and provide as many supported opportunities as possible. That was another great... I mean, we keep on saying it was a great chat. They were all great conversations, but the stuff that Homie is doing and we had Crave for Change and other um, social enterprise that are just absolutely changing the the landscape of charities. That like... like um, like Craigs for Change said to us, it's the evolution of charities, these these actual businesses that aren't just asking uh, for donations, but they're also giving a service or giving a, uh, a good in, in return. They're seeing that tangible effect on the community while we're just sitting here having, having a good time. <laughs> Sean, do you remember that time we had a live show in the studio and oh. you freaked out because you thought the drum wouldn't fit in this massive studio? To be fair, it was week two. It was 6.55 and they hadn't rocked up yet. And I was like, oh my God. Where they got are we, lost in the maze of RMIT. Where are we going to put this drum kit? But look, we got it in and our next song is we're going to play the live tune that Miss Eileen and King Leah, brother-sister duo, they played for us. This is all out of luck. You're listening to Sean and Julza on our very special final episode of Front and Centre. Awesome. Well, guys... This is probably the bit that we're most excited for. You prepared a bit of a live show for us in the studio. Sure. Right. Would you guys like to sort of introduce us to what you're going to be playing tonight for us? Sure. We're going to play a song that we wrote together. This one is probably one of the very first that we wrote together. Awesome. And uh, it's called All Out of Luck. Take it away. You're listening to Front and Centre, Sin Nation with Sean and Julza. I'm flying higher than I've ever flown And summer has been drier than I've ever known It seemed like we forgot that the fire is so damn hot And now I'm smoke up in the sky and babe I don't know where I'm blown But I'm all on my way Jumping fences every day Singing, don't you run away with the fire And I'm all out of luck Everything is coming stuck Laying low to keep from getting any higher Well, money's what they're saying Would be the thing to get us through But honey, I couldn't pay for all the love I get from you Though we're getting older, your love is just as gold And now we're waiting out for better days And praying not for rain But I'm all on my way, jumping fences every day Singing don't you run away with the fire And I'm all out of luck, everything is coming stuck Lay low to keep from getting mad 
Fantastic. Thanks, guys. So much. Front and center with Sean and Jules. Oh, 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 yeah. Front and center. <laughs> <laughs> Running the heels. <laughs> You're back with Sean and Julza. That was All Out of Luck by Miss Eileen and King Leah, live from our studio all the way back in week two. That was 10 weeks ago. That's incredible. What a, and I, Sean and I was so happy with how the audio turned out on that. That was incredible. Yeah, I think it sounded pretty good. Uh, pretty happy with how it worked out. And I told you, Jules, to relax. I told you we were going to get the drum kit in here. Absolutely fine. Jules yeah, was Sean stressing totally, out. Sean totally wasn't the one who was nearly crying from stress about the thought of a drum kit. Like Look, a kick drum not fitting we, in here. We... Uh, uh, wait, look, we're, we're going a little bit over time today. So Guys, everybody... we've still got half an hour left. Okay, so tune in. We're going to be going to about 10 past, quarter past eight. But, hey, it, there's no one on after us, and it's the last show front and centre, so why the hell not? Hang around. I mean, Jules, it's a final episode. You've you've sworn tonight. You've done everything, so oh, why not? hell yeah, I <laughs> have. So why not just go over time? We're we'll breaking keep... all the rules tonight on front and centre. We better, we, we better keep going. Look, we're going to be playing some funny clips. We're in the funny half of the show now, so... Like Sean said, we're going to have some of our our, our favourite quickfire clips and just funny comments and conversations that we've had throughout the show over the past 12 weeks. Jules, before we do get into uh, the funny <laughs> clips we've put together, I've got a little surprise for you, Jules. Oh, here's number, number two out of three. <laughs> I just feel so bad for leaving you and going to the country that I thought I would do a couple of things for you. Look, guys, we all love our old mate, Julesa, so I've put this together. It's a short one, but... Stick around. My name is Julian. Jules? Jules. 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 A little bit of something, something. So uh, I, I spent way too much time finding a lot of times that we said your name. Oh, <laughs> that was amazing. I wish I did the same for you, Sean. That yeah, that was that was one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. Oh my god, that took a lot of time and effort, oh. and that's why you hadn't edited any other clip until this morning. Because I spent all my time finding us saying Jules. <laughs> wow, that was that was dedication. That was. Woo. Oh, I'm, a bit, anyway, I'm a bit puffed out from that one. Anyway, over the uh, over the course of the season, just the, that deep thing as well. What the hell? Man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, back on track. Over the course of the season, we have prided, pr- prided, taken pride in ourselves. What's wrong with you tonight? Taking, I'm just, I'm rattled. It's the final episode. We're taking pride <laughs> in our ability to come up with some classic puns, mm. and here is a clip of some of our best moments. All right, we're gonna play a bit of a game. Uh, we haven't done this before. Yeah. Uh, we're going to make as many donut puns as we can in the next 60 seconds. Can you think of some quick donut puns on the top of your head? Don't worry. Yep. Oh, yep. yes. Classic. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. What else? You got anything else for us? Uh, me some dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, oh, we've like got a couple. Rolling in the dough. Gonna, <laughs> rolling in the dough. Uh, yes, I do rolling not in the dough. I do not understand puns. <laughs> yeah, That's you know, I, don't, I, was, I, was, I was just sitting, I was just sitting around uni the day, and a donut walked up to me with a glazed expression. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Look, Morgan, you're selling a lot of donuts. You must be making a fair bit of dough. <laughs> Morgan just made that joke. <laughs> uh, I, I re, I reframed it a little bit. <laughs> a donut walked into a bar, and the bartender says, "Why are you so sad?" And the donut says, "I feel like I have a gaping hole in my chest." <laughs> We've got a good battle last in the studio for that one, guys. Alright. If you owned a boat, what would you name it? That's really hard. Um, <laughs> I'd probably name it something like really like funny and like bro-y and like, cause you know how you always see those boats and they're like called like, I don't know, like demons, you know, like something really like intimidating. Yeah. Probably call it like Hell's Fire or, you know, wow. something like really... Scary and like intimidating. I don't know why. I think it's funny. You wouldn't call it Isabella Mooring? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is great. No, I would definitely call it that. (laughs) All right, my mate Jules is doing one of his laugh attacks.
That was amazing. I always love a good pun. So what better than a pun compilation from your favorite radio host, Sean and Jules up. Sean, we had not only great puns, but some great segues. Uh, Sean actually impressed me so much with how much of a segue king he is. Yeah, you kind of uh, jumped on the back of my segues in this clip that we're about to play, and you just claimed them for yourself. It was mainly in the Imam special. We didn't even plan it. I just looked up at the screen, and I came up with some good segues. Take a listen to this bad Sean boy. was just super quick for some reason that night. It was crazy. Now we're going to crack into our first tune. Now, we were speaking about oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yes. Now, you know what there is a lot of in Game of Thrones? Dragons. <laughs> well, <that's- laughs> so we're going to be playing Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Jules, the uh, person messaging in actually wants to stay anonymous, uh, but they have said that just on the dog topic, Jules is a dog. That's a bit, that's a bit rude, isn't it? And uh, Jesus. also said another conspiracy, Jules isn't actually funny. Oh, yeah, but hey, not all conspiracies are true. and so. <laughs> well, that's what we just proved, that look, these conspiracy theories aren't true. So that's not like, Jules, I think you're pretty funny. Thanks, I'm sure Sean. all oh. the other listeners Bay. feel as if you are pretty funny. I'm sure they feel the way I do. Which is actually, oh! which is actually the name, the name of our next song. Sean's segues have been uh, absolutely on point the past I'm, couple of weeks. I'm gonna have to put together a little clip of all of my fantastic segues over our uh, our show. Anyway, feel the way okay. I do by the Jungle Giants. Here it is. You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Jules. It will be up next with Imam Cameron to here. Look, uh, we're going to throw it to a song. Imam is going to be joining us still after this song. Now, Imam, would you call yourself a bit of a preacher? Yeah, you could, you could, you could, put, you could put me down as a preacher, you why could, not? You could say that. Well, the next, tune is, <laughs> the next tune is by a band called The Preachers. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and the song is called Yana Dai. It's their brand new one. Uh, you'll listen to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules. We'll be back with Imam straight after this song. Well, we love the change that you're trying to enforce, Imam. Look, at the end of the Absolutely. day, Jules, Imam, everyone listening, we just want everybody to get along, don't we, Jules? Absolutely, we do. We just want peace. Really. We just don't want to fight. I got there before you, Sean. <laughs> we don't want to fight, which is the name of our next tune by the Alabama Shakes. We love our segues here. We'll be back with you after this tune. Stick uh, around. You're listening to Sean and Jules on Sin Nation. I can't let Sean have all the glory for his segues. I mean, come on, guys, had really. To, had to take my fantastic segues. I mean, it was pretty good. It was good. It was, uh, I love how fun. you literally called just right there and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do a clip of all my segues. I think that's when you come up with the idea for a highlight show. I, I did it. And for I a clip it. show. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Look, Jules, uh, mm. one of the more controversial questions that we asked some of our guests was a little baby that you came up with, and it was along the lines of, is a hot dog... A sandwich. Oh. What were you thinking asking this controversial <sighs> question to people on live radio? I just had this really interesting conversation with a bunch of people uh, a couple of weeks before I first asked this question. I thought, what better place to do it than with a stranger over the phone or in, in studio um, for all of Australia to hear? I mean, I think it's a great question. It's a great question to ask. We've had some responses as well. Sean, give us the clip. I need to apologise uh, for what Julian is about to ask you. <laughs> oh, no. I asked my friend this question today and she was just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, it's awkward. I'm planning to ask that to our guest today. All right. Um, I had a massive debate with this with my friends the other day, so I just wanted okay. to get some people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Can you call a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. Leah? Uh, no, I would say not. Why no. not? Why not? I feel like a sandwich... Um, you <laughs> so weird. I think a sandwich so is like you know the idea of having something something uh, you know on the bottom, mm. something in the middle, and something on, on top, top. Yeah, right like between Not... two pieces of bread. Right. Whereas a no. hot dog is like side, side middle, middle, side. Yeah. Right. But then, what if the bread splits down the middle? Have you got a sandwich now? If the bread is split down the middle, like yeah. I a mean, hot dog you could say that. <laughs> that would be. You could say the hot, the, like sa- the yeah. sausage is sandwiched uh, <laughs> in a sort of uh, sandwich-like fashion roll. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it a sandwich. I it's think... a debate that needs more time. <laughs> You're looking at it a bird's eye view. Flip it. Yeah. Put it on its side. Uh-huh. And you've got. Look yeah, but that's not a hot on. dog anymore. You got bread. <laughs> when you turn it, it's not a hot dog anymore. That's just some weird sausage thing in some. Yeah, no. True. Who is a sausage? Who is a hot dog sideways? Yeah. I'm just saying you put a hot dog sideways. I don't need hot dogs. That is a hamburger sandwich. 
No. How big is a burger? Yeah, but it's still between two pieces of bread with stuff but in the middle. But it's not bread, That's the it's definition. a bun. It's brioche. Oh, so it has to be flatbread. Yep. Sandwich. So, oh, so if it's in a roll, it's not a sandwich, it's a roll. That's right. Oh, mm. I like it. Getting technical. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Continue the debate online, yeah. please. This We're is... going to start a poll. He's lost it. Jules has lost the plot. <laughs> Laughing. He does this sometimes. Don't worry about it. Just real quick. Can you call a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> Can I call a what? Can you call a hot dog a sandwich? No. Oh, that's really controversial. I don't think... I don't... Um, I don't think you can. Just call it a hot dog. Oh, we need that's a good to answer. make a poll online. We're making oh. a poll tonight, everyone. All our <laughs> listeners. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Get onto it. I absolutely love that debate. It always gets people going. It breaks the ice, guys. Next time you're in all conversations, ask, can you call a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> and we did put it to our Facebook uh, crew. We did. We did. We had a few responses. We had four no's. We had one yes. So I think the overwhelming consensus is no. But a we had couple, a few couple comments. Of death threats, couple yeah, death a couple of death threats. <laughs> we had a couple of you know a couple of assassinations in our family. Um, we also had Lucho made a good point, stating that a sandwich is cold. I believe uh, that's a, that's, I thought that was actually a really good point in the debate. Aaron said, if it's in a slice of bread, a hot dog is a sandwich. If it's if it's in a roll, it's not a sandwich. I like that. I like the. The fact that it's the container of bread. It's the two pieces of bread that make the difference. And Nick said, careful, Sean and Jules are. These are the type of questions that begin a civil war. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going we're to drop that question right there. We're going to move on. That's it. All right, but Sean, I th- this is probably, I think, the biggest thing for me. The biggest, the most mind-blowing thing from our show. The Tigers won the flag. But yeah. you know what? Nick from Homie called that. Take it away. <laughs> if you could change your name, Nick... You've got a lovely name. I'm not saying you should change oh, your name, but if you were going to change your suck name... Suck up some more, Sean. <laughs> what would you change it to? Well, you know, topical once again. I'm actually thinking you have to go with Dusty. Dusty Martin. I think you have to <laughs> Dusty Martin? The, the, I'm a Tigers fan, and I just think, you know, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. He'll, he'll win the, uh, win the um, Brownlow, probably the Norm, and the, and the Premiership medals. So, Nick, uh, Nick pay turn it to him. Can we have this on air? Let's have a, an on-air contract. If he wins the Brownlow, you will change your name to Dusty. <laughs> oh, jeepers. Yeah, look, yeah, look, I've done some silly things in my time on bets, so I'll, I'll, I'll bet not for now. I'll be most likely to use Dusty, I reckon, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that was a triple threat. He got the Norm, the Premiership, and the Brownlow. I wish we made a bet for him to do the Dusty cut. He absolutely called it, didn't, we? didn't he? We're going to have to give him a ring and uh, give him that clip to absolutely. show his mates, I reckon. I just wish we could have forced him to do that terrible haircut. Sorry, Dusty and everyone who did that this week. <laughs> oh, Jules... All done with the funny clips. We're all done with the funny clips, Sean. There were some classic moments throughout our uh, throughout our season, uh, and there were some more classic moments through the uh, classic quick fire round, which was Jules's. And in a minute, we are going to flip the table. We are going to quick fire each other, but mm-hmm. to just get everybody in the mood. Yeah, Sean, I think you got the you uh, put up the clip that that you had before the quotes one. No, before. Oh, mm. hang on. You definitely did. Thanks for that, Jules. No worries. I'm on to it. This is why, this is why, I don't know why I'm trusting Sean to do the panelling. Anyway, you were saying. To get us in the mood for the quick fire round, uh, take a listen to this bad boy. We appreciate uh, everything that you've been uh, talking about with us. But I think now it's time to change it up a bit. Sorry, I apologize to the listeners because this bit's, this bit's been slightly delayed this time. But it's time. Oh, the quick fire round. <laughs> Pay yourselves for the the quick fire round. <laughs> this is what Absolutely. I like. To, yeah, this is what I like to call the the quick fire round. Now we're just gonna have a little bit of fun. We're just gonna ask you a series of um, random questions in what okay. I like to call the the quick fire round. <laughs> Oh god, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse my friend Julian. Well, it's about to get a whole lot better. <laughs> I hope you're ready for yep. the the quick fire round. 
I love it. Oh, Jules, give me one last, one more. Come on. What an absolute, what an absolute uh, honour. What an absolute, what's the word? Uh, privilege. Privilege. Yeah, thank you. You know, that's, that's like a shrine to my, <laughs> all right, Sean, I hope you, Sean, I hope the listeners, Sean, are ready for the, the quick fire round. The last one. Oh my God. He's on his knees. He's on his knees. He loves it. Praise oh. the Lord. It's the last quick fire round. <laughs> Can I love the banjo. That was great. <laughs> Jules, I'm going to kick this off. Let's ask each other up. these questions. I mean, really, we're both going to be asking, answering these questions anyway, so it doesn't matter who asks. Jules, if you, could, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? You love oh. your comics and your action heroes. Hit me. I do. I've thought about this for years. I wrote a book about a kid with my superpowers. Legit. I'm going to publish it one day, guys. Be on the lookout for Julian Vergona on your bookshelves um, one day. Probably fire powers, like, you know, being able to fly, being able to shoot fire, like the human torch, super cool, you know, especially the flying bit. I mean, awesome. And you can never get cold because your body is fire. Awesome. I would like to travel back in time. Mm, why? A, uh, time freaks me out. And I would just love to travel back a few hundred years ago. And to it frustrates me that I can't know, or like, see what life was like 500 years ago. Why does that frustrate you? Why would you I need to know, know that? I just read know. a book. Read a book. Yeah, but Sean, it's not do like a history course. It's not like actually been there. Is it Jules? Oh, Sean, okay. We're both pretty well traveled. So, what is your favorite place in the entire world? Uh, I've got two. Mm. Uh, so, I, I love London in mm, England, of one of my, my favorite city. And then I've also got a more than a soft spot for a little town in Sardinia in Italy called Bozza, where I did exchange. Mm. Uh, 8,000 people, and I was uh, I was there for a few months. Absolute beautiful medieval town. I love it. Yeah. yours? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, like I said, we're both pretty well chilled, so I've been to a lot of places, um, but no place does it for me quite like Venice. I've gone to Venice about four times, not to brag. Um, all right, Jules, look at me. I'm, uh, I go to Venice all the time. Uh. I'm, I'm Sean, and, uh, and London's my favourite, because I love London, and I, I'm, I'm half British, and my middle name's Hammond. Um, but, yeah, it's just, Venice is just such a magical place. When I first got there, I was on a school study tour. I walked out, I turned to my mates, and I said, boys, this is what heaven looks like. Absolutely, uh I love it. I could live in. I could live in Venice. It's amazing. Now I think at this point in the show, we're talking about Europe. I mm. owe uh, my one of my other best mate, Jules. No offense. I Rude. owe my other best mate, Jaden, who is listening in this evening. A shout out, Jaden. We had a great time in Europe together. Don't go forgetting about that. Now, Jules, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, what are your tips for success? Now I don't know why I'm asking you this. You're not a very successful person. But what? <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> but what are your well. tips? I was going to say, uh, my tips for young individuals who are unsure of what they want to do. That's what I'm thinking I'll give right now because <laughs> Sean here has got his own little journalism job and he's all set up for life and I'm just here having no idea what I want to do. <laughs> Look, my advice is at least finish high school, most importantly, uh, if you can do some kind of uni degree. Um, because so I actually learned the other day, some countries don't let you have a working visa unless you have a an undergraduate uni degree, which I thought was really strange. So... Just having a uni degree is so important. Like, like I was studying psychology, but I don't want to do psychology anymore. Um, but it's still... But, I'm, you know, I'm at the end of my third year. So, firstly, it'd be stupid to drop out. And secondly, I might as well just finish it. I have a degree behind my back. And now I have so many more doors open to me, even though I want to pursue a career in radio, um, which will have nothing to do with, you know, uh, psychology. But So, that's my tip. Just find something you're passionate about. Uh, firstly, get education. Then find something you're passionate about and just work as hard as you can. That's the cliche that we've heard a thousand times throughout this show, guys. But, you know, it's, there's no truer way to do it than passion and hard work. One of the reoccurring pieces of advice we got from our guests over the past 12 weeks, which is a little bit frustrating, but they would always just say, just go and do it. Yeah. You know, that was the, I'd say, how did, how did you start up a social enterprise? I, mean, I, wanted, to, I wanted to get them to get you know, real deep, you know, talking to me about deep. how they did it, their business plans, whatnot. But they're like, you know what? Just go and do it. Mm. But... To be honest, to be fair to those people, the only way you can go and do anything in this world is to just go and do it. I've gone through two and a half years of, you know, exploitative internships. Not too exploitative. I wouldn't have done them otherwise. But, you know, unpaid internships, writing that I haven't got paid for, haven't got enough recognition for. But, you know, just do it. And in the end, I hope it'll pay off. Absolutely. So just go out there, do it, do the hard yards, and it'll pay off in the long run. And Sean, can you give us a quick word on uh, your tips for young journalists to land a job like the one you have with Fairfax in Horsham? Uh, just to get your name out there as much as possible. Uh, I didn't think I would 
uh, you know, fluke a job. Whenever I said, when people would go, what are you doing next year? I said, you know, if I, if I fluke a job, I'll do a job. If not, I'll travel. Fluked a job pretty much just by getting my resume out there, applying for, you know, every week I would apply for two or three jobs. I didn't think I had a realistic chance of getting them, but just putting your resume out there. People actually do see these resumes. They'll keep you in mind for next time. If they see that you've applied for 20 jobs online, you may get 20 rejection emails, but then the next one, they'll go, how about that person that we saw, you know, their resume last week? Let's give them a call. And that's exactly what happened to me. Amazing. See, it can just all be up to fate, basically. Absolutely. Let's lighten things up, Jules. Let's lighten it up again. (laughs) If you were an ice cream, what flavoured ice cream would you be? Salted caramel, 100%. Because not only is it my favourite flavour, but it's me. It's sweet and just a little bit salty. <laughs> I think I'd have to be vanilla. Oh, really? I'm just so white. <laughs> so boring. I guess you are pretty boring. I'm a, hey, I'm, I'm a pretty vanilla kind of guy. <laughs> Zing. All right, Sean. Last question, and then we're going to throw to a song. What is your pump-up song? Oh, my pump-up song. Um, what's that one by Drake that talks about cakes? Pound cake. Pound cake. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cake, 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 when I, cake. When I used uh. to go to gym, that would be my pump-up song. But I don't go to gym anymore. So. Oh, that's why you're so skinny. Oh, another zing. <laughs> Julian Vagona absolutely destroying Sean here. Jules, <laughs> I've got a really serious uh, question for you. Oh, okay. What are you oh, gonna so d- not the li- that wasn't the last one. Sorry. What are you going to do with your life now that this show is done? I mean, you've oh. dedicated literally 24-7 to planning this show. What are you going to do? I don't know. Actually, I do know. <laughs> oh, but I, uh, I'll announce that. I'll announce that at the end. I, I do have an announcement. I do. I am my radio... Time here at Sin is not over. I will be doing another show next season, but I will plug that at the end of the show, guys, so get around it. But for now, Sean, um, finish uni, get my degree, continue on with Sin, uh, and just keep on having a good time with life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it is past 8 o'clock, but we're going to keep is. going. We're going to keep going. I've got to say, sorry, Sean. You're right. Uh, you let me answer my question. Oh, yeah, this question. your pump-up song. This my pump-up song. I have tons of pump-up songs, um, but one of them is Every Two Drop is a Waterfall by Coldplay. It's just such a feel-good song, and that's exactly what we're chucking on now, Sean. Front and centre with Sean and Jules. Welcome back to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules. That was Every Teardrop is a Waterfall by Coldplay. You are listening to Front and Centre's very... Last special episode. Julian mm. has just ducked out quickly to get some tissues because he's about to start crying. Oh, that's <laughs> not true, everyone. That is not true. Um, yeah, you're in the last, literally the last talk break of front and center pretty much ever because I'm not sure when Sean's going to be back down this way because he could be flying off to London at the end of next year chasing a journalism job in the BBC. Who knows? Yeah, but Jules, you'll be hanging around. I will be hanging around. I'm off. Uh, my little career at Sin will be taking a little hiatus. But wh- what are you going to be doing, Jules? Oh, I'm actually quite. I'm actually getting. I'm actually feeling a little teary right now. <laughs> this is kind of sad. Sean's one of my best mates, and I'm not going to be able to hang out with him guaranteed every Thursday now. So he's finally going to be able to stop hanging out with me because he's sick of me by now. <laughs> I'm really, really ready to just uh, get my back. Back in order. Oh, get out of here, Sean. I've had such a no. sore back the last oh, 12 weeks carrying ooh. you through this series. Oh, sure, mate. <laughs> get out of here. I might get a massage and sort out this click on, on my left shoulder because I think it's because I've been just, yeah, oh, carrying yeah. you through this last I'm about, three yeah, months. Sean, I'm, about, I'm about five foot six. A lot of people wonder why I'm so short. It's because I've been carrying you around for the past 12 weeks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, guys, so... Sean is out of here. I mean, you can listen to, you can read his words in the Horsham paper if you're around Horsham or anywhere in that area. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to hear a bit more Julesa, um, wake up at 6 a.m. That's the, that's the solution because I'm going to be doing Get Serial Mondays. That's the breakfast show here at Sin. So I'm going to be on Sin FM. That's 90.7. So guys, tune in between 6 and 9 on Mondays and you're going to hear your favorite radio host, Jules, move on. It's going to be look, good. I'm pretty look, excited. I'm looking forward to uh, tuning in, Jules. Um, be waking up nice and early to hear your voice oh, on thanks, Sean. Sin FM. He'll miss me so much in Horsham. He'll wake up just to <laughs> That'll be my alarm. hear me. Yeah. Jules saying, good morning. <laughs> Shut us. <laughs> and then Sean will wake up and just slam the snooze button because he's just like, I don't want to hear Jules this early in the morning. Uh, in all seriousness, this show would not have been possible without... Obviously, me and you, Jules. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. we also, 
our loved ones. As uh, Julian shouted out to his mum earlier, I'd like to give a shout out to my mum and dad who have listened and also provided me with the very late dinner meals that mm. we get when we get back off the train at 9.30 at night. Thanks so much, mum and dad, for helping us out. I'd like to also give a shout out to Chester. Oh, Chester, oh, of course. What can we say about Chester? Our social media manager, he has looked after our Facebook and Twitter accounts. He's put everything together. He's been an absolute genius oh, on the social media. And we he is forward... the legend behind how good-looking our page is. <laughs> Chester, you saved us because we wouldn't have done it without you. We look forward to seeing his work in the future. I've got uh, also our friends who have listened. I would like to give a sh- quick shout-out to Emma who has said, tonight has just been typical Jules. Salted caramel and cold play. Just a typical <laughs> Jules. These are what we love to hear. Our friends who know us so well, they just hear us and go, yep, classic Jules. Hasn't changed it. on the radio. So Amazing. thanks for listening, everyone. So, yeah, thanks so much, uh, especially to our friends who decided to tune in week after week or on the podcast week after week. We'll have this one up on the podcast as well once Sean decides to do that. There's no deadlines for this one because the show's over, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll get it up. No, We've got I'll to be on up. iTunes. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's kind of irrelevant now. I mean, watch our podcast, but we're not going to be posting on there anymore. I mean, if... <laughs> They're look, dead pages now. If the fans want it, we can always just post life updates on our Facebook. I think we will for the 186 <laughs> fans and 188 yeah, followers. One. What the we're hell, like, man? 187. We lost one. What are Shout you out to the doing? person who stopped following us. What well, the hell? They're probably not listening right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, this is it. I mean, it's 8.13. Uh, we just don't want to get out of here. We just want to hang around. The, t- the show's come to an end. So oh. we've got to say again, thanks so much for joining us. We've done week after week. Sean and I have had such an amazing time here on Front and Centre. We hope we've inspired some people to go out there, uh, if that means starting a social enterprise like the guys from Homie and Crepes or being an activist slash singer-songwriter like Emily Waramara. Uh, if any 15-year-olds out there want to go be a DJ producer, well, check out our podcast with Black Summer. We've really hit the spectrum. There's something for everyone. And if there's not something for you, then there's going to be at least one bit of advice in there that uh, in the 12 hours of content that you can pick out. Um, i got to say two things. Firstly, Sean... Thank you oh, for being an amazing co-host. Stop even though you, you drive me up the wall sometimes. I love you. I love you, Sean. I love you too, Jules. Thank you, Jules, for being slightly funny some of the time. Oh, thank you. And I got to say, uh, Sean said earlier I didn't get a quote in this episode. Um, I did. Um, I, I got one in, coming in with one in, oh, with, coming in with one right now. now. I don't even know about this. I decided I thought I might end it on this quote. Uh, this, I think this was from Winnie the Pooh. And I love Winnie the Pooh because it makes me sad because it's a story about growing up and moving past beyond everything and that, that idea makes me really sad. But, Sean, how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Oh, oh, oh. I love you, Sean. I love all oh. our listeners. Guys, I think I'm done now. I've, I've said my piece. This is... I'm Julian Vagona. Catch me on Get Serial Mondays. <laughs> Thanks so much for ch- tuning in to our little Sin debut baby front and centre. I am signing off. <laughs> Goodbye. And I'm Sean. You can catch me riding uh, down in Horsham. <laughs> if you want to if you want to come and say hello, it's only four hours away. But Jules, uh, thanks for everything. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to our, all of our fantastic guests. Thanks for inspiring us to do something fantastic. We love our Italian here uh, with me and Jules. So we thought, <laughs> what better way to finish than with this classic Andrea Bocelli tune. Time to say goodbye. Goodbye, Jules. Goodbye, Sean. <laughs> goodbye, loyal fans. We'll see you around. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Front and Centre on Sin Nation.